Welcome to the RVA Affiliate Collective Podcast, where we share stories around the business of fitness and other things going on in the local RVA fitness community. Enjoy the show. My name is Brandy. Um, I'm the owner of Body Arc, and Body Arc is a space dedicated to creating inclusive space for fitness and uh, specifically a queer owned space that invites queer individuals as well as anyone else who maybe doesn't feel accepted by traditional fitness spaces. Um, And we provide personal training and small group classes by trainers who have the same value system so that people can really get a um, individualized and thoughtful experience. And as well as those who maybe have experienced trauma within fitness, um, this is meant to be a mending kind of experience with that, a much uh, more welcoming kind of environment. So that's Body Arc. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, well, welcome to the community. I think you said officially January. Is that right? Yes. So we are, our official opening was January 3rd. Um, and been going strong since. So it all kind of happened fast, but we're here and we're happy to be here. That's great. Did you, by any reason, pick January as like the typical resolutioners or was it just total coincidence? It was circumstantial based on when I found a space that was rentable and met our needs. And then when the space was available and then how much time I had before rent was due. Gotcha. So (laughs) (laughs) just happened to be the new year. Did, did you think that that might help or was it just not even a factor? It was kind of nice more so having like a fresh start with the new year, starting everything as well with the business. But, um, I'm not necessarily like one for, uh, utilizing the new year to push fitness. Um, sure. So that, wasn't a primary motivator, uh, more so like starting off 2022 strong was the goal. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, where did the, so going back from there, um, working your way back, how to opening day, what was that like? What was that lead up like? And I guess what kind of birthed the idea to do, to do the gym? Is it okay if I go like pretty far back. I feel like as far back as you want to go. Some context is important. Um, so I started training four years ago for another company, um, while I was in school and it wasn't something I had expected would turn into a job nor a future business. But, um, I fell in love with the experience of working with people and seeing their progression and, and living kind of vicariously through them as well. Um, and, really loved that. However, I wasn't happy with my experience working for another company, another like institution, um, and was really frustrated by the ways in which the clients weren't maybe being treated fairly, or it was just, you know, um, reinforcing issues that we see within this industry. So I started my own business training independently, um, actually right before the pandemic hit which was great because I would have lost my job anyway. Um, (laughs) And that led to finding spaces that I could rent out of locally. And there's very limited spaces that do that. And even those that do are kind of inaccessible in terms of their pricing or continue the same issues of like 
hyper-masculine toxic energy or just not pushing the bounds of what fitness can be. So I spent a year and a half jumping around to different spaces and got to the point where I was just desperate. I was like, I am miserable. I don't feel like there's any room for growth renting out of these spaces. And I don't feel like they're fulfilling what I want to provide for my clients and that experience. I'm just overall irritated by the lack of a more open-minded space within Richmond, considering the community and um, the art influence as well within Richmond, not being present in any of these spaces. So I started vocalizing those feelings to clients and it really just started snowballing so that they got me connected with other people who felt the same way um, and started these conversations. And then I started actually looking into it and was like, you know, maybe I can do this. Like, <laughs> Maybe this is doable. Um, and then like, honestly, just I felt really motivated by my frustration um, and motivated by the community's excitement around the idea. And it so happens that um, I met people who allowed for this to happen because they, a couple of the trainers here, um, already owned quite a bit of equipment. So I knew that coming into this, I wouldn't have to buy all new equipment, which made a huge difference in the affordability and the possibility of opening this space. So between the community com coming together and then being very fortunate to find this space um, that checked off all my boxes and had just like a lovely landlord, uh, was very lucky. And so when that all happened, it just was like, okay, this is happening. I have basically two months for us to be ready. Um, so I was just like frantically every day trying to do a little piece of something for the space. Um, and I also knew I wanted the space to be different from other gyms and be an actual like art influenced, artist influenced space um, and test those boundaries because I'm like, why is it always like the same when you go in a gym? It's like either very like industrial or very like clinical feeling. Right. Like yeah. I just wanted it to feel like fun and weird and very personable. Um, so that was the premise behind it. And, and I reached out to the local um, community of artists asking for those who can paint and want to paint murals if they want to be a part of the space. So we had several different local artists come in and paint murals. Um, I painted a couple myself and then oh, wow. uh, one of the other trainers here did. So the space is really a combination of talented, passionate people that came together together to make it happen. Um, and it came out of a need and a lack of a space like this for people. Because um, there are a lot of people that do have trauma around fitness spaces, particularly queer individuals, both fitness and health spaces. So I really wanted to actually create a space that had them in mind and their experience so that they truly felt invited and welcome when they walked into the space. So, yeah. That's, that's really uh, incredible. Um, it's definitely unique, like just from the branding and just from everything I could see. And then of course, stepping in here, like you said, the artwork and stuff is, it's very unique. It's not like any gym I've ever seen, but it's, I really like the vibe. Like I love the colors and, and the energy that you just get from that is, is that some of 
what you're going for is the idea. It's, it's it looks nice, but also maybe motivates people just seeing something different like that. For sure. Um, there was a lot of thought put into the color choices um, as well as visual choices. I really, as like an artist, I greatly value the power of art and in general um, the space that you're in and how that impacts your mood and motivation. And so coming into the space, it makes a big difference if you feel comfortable or not. You know, if you sure. want to actually be in a gym, doing something that may already be difficult for you, if you don't feel good in the space, you're going to be even less likely to, you know, commit to it. So I wanted people when they walked in to feel at ease and comfortable and, and good and like also entertained in a way like it's playful um, and fun rather than this overly serious, intense environment that is often, you know, what you experience when you walk into a gym. And um, it does make a huge difference in people's experience. They get excited about coming back to the space um, and enjoy being in the space, which is powerful. So for sure, like if you can put positivity around maybe something that like you were saying might have been a negative for them in the past that can really flip the script on doing something that for a lot of people is probably uncomfortable at the time like working out is not usually comfortable right because mm -hmm. you're you're trying to uh pursue growth right and growth requires some work and um i like the idea of creating a positive space where people come in and they see you know nice colors and, and beautiful art and oh, well, by the way, I'm working out, but maybe they're not so focused on that. It's more of an ex overall experience of just feeling good in their own skin and in the building as well. Absolutely. Um, and it also continues in how we train. Um, the way our trainers approach it is much more... Um, we approach it in a way that feels much more intimate or maybe personable is a better word. And that too also helps to take the experience out of this very like um, structural and uh, intense experience that fitness or fitness classes can be for people. Um, and as well as creating like relationships and rapport with our clients is very key. So all of my clients who I've been working with are always surprised. They're like, I actually had fun. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like you can have fun. Like it doesn't have to be something that sucks the whole time, like at all. You can have fun and um, it also helps being surrounded by the people that are in our community that feel this way. So not only the actual appearance of the space, but the people that are in the space are what make up the feeling that you get when you walk in. So, yeah. So working out can be fun. Is that I what you're know, saying? Right? Yeah. It can be, guys. Um, do you follow any particular, I don't know, methodology or is it very based on like typical personal trainer certificate curriculums or do you mix it up with anything else? Just explain to me, I guess, if a client comes in, how would you generally train them? Are you saying like me personally? like how I approach training? Yeah, just how you approach uh, training, like is it a lot of cardio, is it a lot of lifting, and just explain kind of what, what you believe in is important. Yeah. Um, well, for me personally, 
I'm all for a very well-rounded approach um, and individualistic approach to training. So every time I talk to someone who is a prospective client, I find out as much possible about them and their needs and where their body is currently at, because um, that will ultimately influence the training. But typically, I like to do a combination of strength training movements um, and some conditioning movements. And then some clients uh, go to the level of doing some powerlifting movements as well. And I also do mix in a little bit of martial arts because I took Taekwondo in the past. So I keep it pretty fluid based on what the client um, is needing, but also enjoying. Because the point right. is I want them to enjoy their workouts. So if they're interested in learning how to do some kicks, that's something great because it still is moving their body, working on their mobility and flexibility, but something fun and something that makes them feel empowered. So um, it certainly does evolve per person. But what's most important to me is also training in a way that helps support their body. So looking for any points of t tightness or um, concerns that might lead to injury later. And so we talk about mobility, flexibility, as well as strengthening to help improve that. So I work with a lot of people who are very stationary. So it's so important that we pay attention to how their bodies are feeling and um, one of the most important things to me is helping people be more in tune with their bodies and how it's feeling. So ultimately, that's I'm focused more on that and like how people feel in their bodies and their relationship to their bodies rather than a specific like physical outcome. Um, because healthy looks different on everyone. Sure. And what's the most powerful thing is honestly creating a better relationship with themselves. So. Yeah, that's, in, that's incredible. And how do you balance your expectations with your client as far as, say someone comes in with a very, I just want to look a certain way, but as you train them um, over the years or over the months, maybe they realize that, like you just said, healthy looks different on everyone. Do you find yourself kind of adjusting expectations as they go and as they kind of learn what isn't really important to them versus yeah. when they first step in the door? Totally. I find actually it's not as common as you might think that people come in with a very specific image. Um, but if they do, I find, you know, one, I make it very clear. I was like, you know, ultimately this isn't what's most important. You know, what's right. most important are these things like feeling good, taking care of yourself. And, um, and I continue to use language that supports them in all the phases of their body. And what I find is, not it doesn't take very long for people to already see the positive benefits of their training even if their body does not necessarily appear different the relationship with their body changes so i've had a client tell me like even though her body was very similar in size she felt like she was smaller like taking up less space mm -hmm. meaning like she felt more in tune with her body in in the space that she um like a body awareness? Yes, yeah, kind of exactly. Thing. Better okay. body awareness, which in itself really can impact someone's body image sure. and understanding. So things like that, like if you're approaching fitness from a standpoint of um, positive experience and creating it as something that they enjoy and it creates um, positive feelings afterwards, they start to have those effects, which then impact their 
ultimate goals I find. Mm -hmm. And I know that because personally, that's what happened with me. I started for the wrong reasons. Sure. Um, I started because I had really bad body dysmorphia and horrible relationship with my body and went down many routes that weren't effective. But then when I started really learning and lifting and feeling powerful, that totally changed what was value, what I valued about my body. So we focus on valuing more realistic and um, positive things about the training. So like how you're feeling, um, feeling strong and powerful, you know, advancing in weights and that kind of thing. The confidence that comes with that keeps them coming back in the door. For sure, right? for sure. And and they feel it. Like, it's incredible. If you go from being very stationary to, to working out regularly, you can feel the impacts of, you know, not doing that exercise so much more intensely than before that. And you can feel your muscles, like, getting tight or uncomfortable. Um, I hear that often from clients as well. So that also keeps them coming back because they, they actively see the value in coming. That's great. Um, yeah, that's a nice twist on, I think, what a lot of people are doing in, in fitness. Overall, I wouldn't say like specifically Richmond, but just something different that uh, is turning those experiences into positive ones. I think a lot of gyms are trying to do that in some way, but maybe they're just going about it differently because you do hear, you know, testimonials, oh, I just feel so much better, you know, granted whichever one, but it seems like you're taking a different approach from the beginning that kind of maybe re-educates the client a little bit. Mm -hmm. Is that maybe what you're trying to do is just kind of re-educate them a little bit on? Definitely. Educate, re-educate, give them, give them actual agency over their bodies as well. Um, My goal is never for them to need me, but for me to give them the tools and information they need, and then they keep returning because they want to and choose to. Um, I honestly think so, so many people would have a better understanding of their needs and what their body needs if it was something taught, you know, in our teens at a younger age, because there's a lot of simple, basic things um, that are neglected that people don't know. And then that gets intertwined with, um, you know, shame and emotional ties to your body and complicates it further. So you have to look at that as well. Like, is there, do they, have they assigned like shame to their body? Well, that's not going to help them and that's going to ultimately um, impact their quality of life. So first things first is making sure to continue to tell them that their value is not based on their image in any kind of way and that that's not the point of them coming to our sessions what we're focusing on is their health um and helping them look at it from a new perspective because it's so easy to look at it from like this is what health looks like this very um tapered beautiful body and it's like that is one individual you know so um certainly giving people access to that information and the reality of it, because there's just like not a lot of knowledge or um, there's also a lot of misinformation online as well. So certainly like I want them to come in and be like, look, this is the reality of this thing, you know? Um, And it does impact their relationships with themselves. And and that's one of the best things, like seeing that happen with people. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I I recently watched or 
something uh, it was talking about the ideal body weight and the myths behind it and how a lot of people trying to step foot in the gym or trying to maybe make a change they'll go online and they'll try to figure out well how much do I have to lose say if they feel like they're overweight how much do I have to lose is like the first question they'll type it into a calculator and it'll give them a number based on their height and their age and understanding that that's a huge range and it's yeah. not a specific weight but yet it's it's shared as a specific weight it's, once you type in those those demographics and i think that can be extremely discouraging as you're like oh i gotta lose 40 pounds or to, to get to where i feel like i'm where i should be and, and it is it is because it there's nothing about that right like powerlifting, come on yeah like <laughs> you can be strong and healthy and and be heavier and that's totally fine there's nothing unhealthy sure. about that and there's a lot of discrepancies of like also those numbers from men to women and just yep. this unrealistic expectation for feminine bodies where it's like someone just told me recently for a job women in this person's age range had to be age and height range had to be like 140 pounds and i was like what and they expect you to be muscular and do pull-ups and things i was like yeah. i'm younger than that and shorter than that and i weigh 10 pounds more so it's like yeah. not realistic i'm like women in fact do have muscle <laughs> um and and also weight is not a sign of of health right. at all times it certainly can be an indicator but um as we've learned like it's just a number. So yeah. um, someone who may be in that weight range may be much more unhealthy than someone who is significantly heavier. Yeah. So another part of what's really important to us here is being very inclusive to larger bodied people um, and recognizing that ultimately it's their body and they can choose to appear however they would like. Yeah. Um, and also for some people, the reality is their bodies just will always be in a place um, that may not be representative of what we consider healthy. Right. But for them, it may be like a beautiful place, sure. very healthy. Um, so instead of talking about the physical appearance and language, it's like, look, if you're doing these things regularly, you know, taking care of what you're consuming and moving your body, like you're doing awesome. Yeah. That's what we care about here not um, meeting that range that someone has established off of, um, you know, norms. Like a formula, yeah. Yeah, exactly, formula. Yeah, especially me personally, someone who's always busted the army height and weight. Like, I'm always heavier. Yeah. Like, even as I age, like, it's getting closer to where I'm at, but it still hasn't caught up to me. And I'm always getting taped because it's like, well, I'm just too heavy for my height. And it's like, well, would, do they want, like, a lean, like, bean pole like I thought they wanted me to be able to deadlift and right. do all these things and it's very very discouraging at when I in the very beginning like say 12 years ago when I first got in that that was a big deal like I felt like I was failing somehow mm -hmm. and then over the years my mind shift had to change that no I'm just larger and that's okay yeah and, it, <laughs> and totally that allows fine. you to excel at other things you yeah. know, like that allows you to be great at lifting heavy and moving weights. And um, it's just like everyone's built differently and has different things that they excel at because mm -hmm. of the shapes of their bodies. So it's just like very frustrating to limit that, you know. Sure. So definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, do you mind sharing, I guess, any 
as just as a business owner, um, things that you didn't anticipate are uh, that have come up, or maybe some difficulties that you've challenges, if you want to say uh, that that you've run into in in this space, or has it been smooth sailing, easy going? Um, of course, there's always like some challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, it was very stressful initially trying to find a space. Um, commercial property is a different, you know, world than than renting like houses. Um, For sure. So it was a lot of learning during that process and a lot of frustration at how slowly it would move and how much I had to rely, like wait on um, the realtors or the landlords to answer you and get back to you. It was like, very frustrating because I wanted to move forward and get definitive answers. Um, so that's quite a long process um, that can be a little bit uh, irritating for sure. sure. Um, Did you have any advice for any uh, entrepreneurs or business owners that maybe haven't done that yet and are looking to? work with a commercial realtor. Um, they significantly make the process easier for you. And they also have a lot of great knowledge about um, what is fair and unfair once you get the, the, the contract as well. Um, and they have more knowledge of what kind of things you can negotiate for. So you have the ability to negotiate some months of no rent for various things. Right. So that's critical, you know, when you're just getting started. So we had our first couple months, no rent, which was key because we had to get the space ready um, before we could start bringing in income. Um, luckily, I ended up with a landlord who has been really great. Um, so once that process finally got to that point, it wasn't so much difficult anymore um, and functioned very well. The other challenges were with the city. Okay. Um, like, like municipal government type? Stuff. Well, like even things like uh, setting up the water. Okay. Uh, water for a business is a lot more expensive than commercial, or commercial is a lot more expensive than like, um, you residential. Know. Yeah, residential. Yeah. Thank you. I couldn't think of the word. Um, you, they, they required an eight hundred dollar deposit for the water, just like a eight hundred dollar right. deposit, and I'm like. I'm gonna be paying you every month already. Like, don't you just stop the water if I don't pay you? Right. Like, so, you know, when you already have all those costs up front, it's just like, I don't need that right now. Um, and yeah. so things like that, that's like frustrating and unexpected. Um, and then also the process of like getting the business license for the space can be really irritating as well. Um, luckily, we didn't have to change our zoning because that process can take a long time. Right. Yeah. Um, but you do have to go through and get your zone approved, um, which is very frustrating in a space like ours because we have more than one business here. So okay. more than one business has to get their business license for this space. And they charge every single one of us like $150 just to come in and be like, yep, it's a space. Oh, really? Basically. Yeah. Okay. So uh, the, I guess maybe I misunderstood earlier the trainers that work with you here. Are they all individual business owners? Oh, yeah. I should, okay. Let me clarify that. Yes. So yeah. something that was really important to me in the space, um, since I did, as I mentioned before, work independently for a while, um, I wanted a space for independent trainers with their own business because since I ran into an issue, there not being a lot of options for me. Right. I was like, that's something that's needed. Um, but also I see 
I see just like so much more passion coming from those individuals when it is their own business that they're running. Um, and, and so all the traders here do run their own businesses. Essentially, they pay a fee to be in the space. Okay. Um, and I am critical about who I allow in the space to make sure they do fit our value system here. So okay. there's a process before that. Like a vetting of some sort. For sure. So if they aren't going to be the right fit for the space, then, you know, we say no. Um, That's because, important. Yes. <laughs> because um, I want to make sure that the people in here are representing what it is that I want body arc to be in the community. Um, so that being said, we also have a PT, in-house PT. Oh, so, really? Yes. So, um, so also her own business. Um, so, like for example, when they came to check the zoning, even though they came at the same time for both of us, they still and they basically just came in and looked and then left. It took like five minutes. It's just like silly fees on fees, you know. Um, and just kind of like archaic uh, approaches to getting that license. You have to have all these specific forms and things that they make it hard to find. Yeah. And unclear which ones you need for your type of business. So Richmond City is definitely behind in terms of that. Um, so that was frustrating for me. But um, otherwise, like the business itself, um, the way I have it set up, so I'm not, I didn't want to be a boss to anyone, okay. <laughs> you know? So like I wanted to manage the space, but all the trainers, you know, run their own businesses. I just make sure that they continue to represent us correctly. Um, so things are pretty smooth. We have a shared schedule. That's how we um, know what's going on when right. each other are gonna be here. Um, and it's much more like communal for us and supportive as well which is great because that's something also that was lacking when I was independent is feeling like I had a supportive like workspace. Right. So, um, so other than like those initial things, it's been pretty like smooth since then. Yeah. Yeah. So does typically when someone is training one of their clients, do they have the whole space for themselves or do you do a, like uh, partition it in any kind of way or? Um, so, not necessarily, they may, depending on the time of day. We have a shared schedule, so we can make sure the space doesn't get too full. Mm -hmm. But there definitely are, at times, you know, a few trainers in here with their clients at the same time. Um, and it doesn't really cause any issues since we have enough equipment. And if we do want to use something someone else is using, we just communicate. Um, right. But honestly, it's actually really nice when there's other people in the space because it helps to foster that um, environment and experience as well. So, um, but we do have times of the day in which, you know, if maybe your client wants more privacy, there's opportunities for that as well, where you can be in here by yourself. Um, or if the trainers want to come in and work out, they have some privacy as well. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they each have their own access to the space. They come and go as needed. Um, and then we, we use our shared schedule, as I mentioned, to, to prevent it from becoming overcrowded sure. or anything of that sort. So. Do you host uh, or do any trainers host like group classes where it's more than just one or two clients? Or, like, yes, we have um, a few of us do small group sessions. So okay. two of the trainers actually exclusively do like small group strength sessions. So it's powerlifting based classes with like four to five people. Um, and they pretty much only use the squat rack. So even when they have their class, we still have plenty of space and equipment elsewhere for the other trainers. Um, and then I do a couple small group classes 
um, with four people where we kind of move around the space, but I make sure to plan those around times when it's not gonna be like uh, overly busy as well. So it's not interfering with other trainers. So right. yeah, occasionally we'll have like, um, each month we work with the community RVA fatties um, and they come in and um, Jordan from Tiny Bones Yoga teaches a yoga class for larger body individuals. So oh, wow. specifically with, you know, larger body experience in mind and um it's donation based as well so it's more accessible for people so we do try to have like regular larger events where people who maybe can't um afford personal training but want to be in the space can still access the space wow that's great um <clears throat> that's an interesting uh, take on on yoga yeah well definitely like that's something that's often neglected is the experience of someone who maybe isn't the same size. And so certain poses are very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Um, it's, and, and like, I don't know if you're familiar with the community, but it's a, it's a um, Instagram page, but they often have events and variety of things for the community. So um, it's called RBA fatties and okay. it's very lovely. So it's also just a great way to foster more community for, you know, um, for that group of people and to give them a space where they feel safe as well. Well, that's, that's great. Um, so moving forward, would you, what would you say, I guess, would be like your vision from here on out, like the next year, next five years kind of idea of what you want this space to, to be and, and do? Definitely. Um, well, there's always ways to improve in the space um, from equipment to um playing around more with the art and and um i'm interested in seeing how i can incorporate art more so into fitness in in um more active ways so i'm definitely curious about that um but i want this space to be a little more involved in also the local community here where we're state like where we're at in the city so we want to do some different events or um, host some sort of experience for neighbors and people who live around the space as well um, and continue to create more opportunities for those who are underserved within this industry. So that looks like um, having more events or opportunities to educate and inspire people but also working with other individuals um, who are part of the queer community who can offer really powerful information about their own experience, um, or maybe they have focused more intensely on how to train those who maybe, for example, those who are transitioning or those who wear binders or other kind of things within that world, mm -hmm. because it does lead to like, muscular issues that is not something a lot of people in this industry are knowledgeable about if they're right. not aware of the experience um so trying to offer that knowledge because it's not as accessible um and also just continuing to hopefully inspire more spaces to challenge what it is that a gym appears as and functions as um, and making it more into a communal, personal experience. Um, so it's kind of 
nothing's like set in stone. Sure. I'd love to eventually expand into a space that could be more of like an open gym setting. Um, we do have some open gym hours, but we're limited based on, you know, our space and availability. Sure. Um, but I would love to have a space that represents the same thing this one does, but people can come and go on their own and train as well. So, wow. Yeah, that's hopefully one day. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's pretty open ended. Like, it's still, I just recently kind of processed. I was like, all right, this happened. We did this. I like. Yeah, it might be hard to kind of see over the horizon at this point. <laughs> yeah, <but laughs> definitely like for my own mental and physical health and like calming down a little bit right, right now and just enjoying being in the space and creating these relationships um, and like still kind of feeling a couple more like trainer positions here as well. So yeah, we're chilling a little bit at the moment. That's fine. Yeah, you gotta gotta take it in waves, right? Yes. <laughs> um, if someone wanted to find out more about you in this space or wanted to um, reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, there's a couple ways. So they can definitely follow our Instagram account, which is body underscore arc underscore RVA, um, which we regularly post to, but also has our links to our website, which you can go to as well, which is body arc rva.com um, and so through our website or Instagram if you're interested in training with us there is a new client intake form so that goes into our system and we choose trainers that are the best fit for those clients and we also have an intake form for those who may be interested in training with us as well to start that conversation um, and additionally we post and um, announce any kind of classes or events that we have going on on both of those. That's great. Well, uh, I'll put links to all that in the, in the show notes as well so people can reach out. Did you have anything else you wanted to, to share or, or, or say? I guess just like, I hope that like this space allows other trainers, other people in this industry to start thinking a little bit differently about how they approach fitness with their clients and also about how there are a lot of experiences that are neglected um, and those with those experiences benefit greatly from strength training and other forms of training um, and may need it the most at times. So I hope more people start to be more inclusive and, and considerate of queer individuals or those with disabilities or um, non-traditional body shapes. It is unfortunate that that still continues in our industry, um, but I do hope more people start to uh, be a little more knowledgeable. So, well, I yeah. think you've started. Yeah, we're trying. <laughs> well, wonderful. Well, thanks so much for your time, and um, we'll uh, hopefully chat again soon, I think. For sure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the RVA Affiliate Collective podcast. Be sure to follow us on iTunes and give us a subscribe. Also check us out on YouTube under the same name, RVA Affiliate Collective. Thank you. Have a good one.